You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And I'm confident that. Uh, with the support of the Auburn people, the alumni, the former players, the student body, the faculty, the administration, that we will be able to bring this great football tradition back to what it once was. There's going to be a lot of days when you lay your guts on the line and you come away empty-handed. Ain't a damn thing you can do about it but go back and lay them on the line again. And again and again. What I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you, the ones that want to, I'm going to go back out there and thank our people. You're going to be in a lot of tough battles next year, year after year after year. Individual battles with yourself. You won't have teammates with you. But if you just look back and think about that January the second night in New Orleans, gain a little strength from it, it'll hit you down the road. <laughs> but we're hard in there, we fought you right now. We come back and stop them when we had to stop them. And we took the dang thing home. <laughs> you remember me standing right here and telling you when you became one that you'd know it? I mean, you know it now. It don't make any difference who's carrying the ball. It don't make any difference who's catching it, who's rushing the pass, or who's making the tackles. As long as you've got a blue jersey on. War Eagle Auburn family. It is yet another special episode of the E2C Network, and unfortunately, these are the ones that I do not enjoy doing in some aspect, but in others, it's a great way for us to come together as an Auburn family. Uh, tonight, we will be doing our memorial episode for Patrick Fainedi, our former head coach at Auburn and a beloved member of the Auburn family. Uh, he passed away recently, as most of you know by now, and we just thought it'd be another great opportunity uh, to give uh, a voice to the Auburn family here on our podcast network and allow them to speak their minds about what they love, what they'll miss, uh, what they'll cherish about the memories of Pat Dye, uh, whether that been him as a coach, as an athletic director, as a friend, and anything categorical-wise you want to put in there for him, just a beloved member of the Auburn family, and we want to allow them to speak 
their minds here tonight. Now, we're going to have this episode without any ads in it. The only thing that we will drop in is that if you want to help produce other episodes like this on this network, just go to e2cnetwork.com slash support, and the rest will be ad-free in honor of Coach Die. So I hope you enjoy hearing from your Auburn family members. So Kyle asked me to give some thoughts on Pat Die, And uh, the first thing I tweeted out yesterday when I heard the news that he had passed, because you got to mention your, your tweets and everything, was, uh, I ain't smart enough to tell you how I feel about you, which is one of the great quotes from his great locker room footage that we were all blessed to see, courtesy the Auburn Football Review, which kind of really came into its own in the 80s, whether because of Pat Dye, whether he was the one who said, yes, let's get cameras in there, or it was just some enterprising new producer who was like, hey, let's give the fans what they want and engage them a little bit more than just talking. Uh, you obviously got to know Coach Jordan a little bit by, you know, through, uh, you know, talking with Carl Stevens and I'm sure uh, Coach Barfield, the same thing, uh, or, you know, the same with uh, Barfield. But I think that gave Auburn fans an insight into the coach and, uh, a way to truly get a feel for the kind of person and man he was uh, that had never existed before. And I really think that played a part in endearing him, at least people of my generation of kids growing up and watching this, watching this like general leading these men into battle and these, you know, these, these sweaty bunkers with cigar smoke and showers. You don't get that kind of thing today, right? It's, it's, well, all right, everybody get up for a war eagle kind of a thing. And I mean, occasionally after some big games, obviously they'll, they'll get excited, but they didn't have like partitions and the little ropes things, you know, around a logo. They were, they were crawling all over each other and screaming gibberish. And it was, uh, it was awesome. And it was wonderful. And, uh, that 1980, I mean, it was just something it, it, it's from a different time, a different era. Uh, and you could get away with stuff that you just wouldn't even think about doing now in the 1980s in the terms of football the the mythology of the sport i tell you what you want to be on top of a decade uh your team to be on top the 1980s was a great decade to be on top and pat die put us on top just because of the, the power of his personality and his commitment you got the whole 60 minutes thing i'm gonna have a story on that on the war eagle reader uh doesn't you know didn't happen quite like people think it did but it's still a, a powerful testament to the kind of man he was and what he brought to auburn he didn't he didn't make Auburn Auburn or anything. He he knew Coach Jordan. He played against Auburn. His parents knew Coach Jordan. Suge tried to recruit him and all this stuff. He 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 knew Auburn was tough. He knew Auburn was special. He didn't realize how special until he got here, and he totally and completely bought in. I got to interview him a few times out at his little fantasy land out in uh, Notasolga or wherever it was. And uh, when he says that he he really loves Auburn and loved Auburn and believed in Auburn and that Auburn is different from all the places he's been. He absolutely means it. He means it. He's talking about Georgia. He's talking about Alabama. And he's one of the first coaches just, uh, again, after this not so, um, you know, ideal way to uh, ride off into the sunset in, uh, in 92 uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's stuck around and he was still a part of the program. And I mean, as a kid seeing Terry Bowden and Pat Dye embrace and this, you know, continuity and the tradition continues, it was just this magical thing. And so he really, I think taught, he didn't, he didn't make Auburn Auburn, but he really did define what it meant to be an Auburn fan for a generation, uh, you know, past generation. And then for generations to come, just because of the expectations, you're going to be in Alabama, you're going to keep winning that's the way it's going to be, and we're going to expect nothing less. So uh, thank you for all of that, Coach. Thanks for the memories in War Eagle. 
I'm Jessica Loomis, and I'm the host of the Auburn Tiger Tracks podcast. And I just wanted to give my sincerest condolences about the loss of Pat Dye and the significant impact he not only made on the Auburn family, but on my personal journey with Auburn. It's no surprise to anybody that I wasn't always an Auburn fan, and I came into my Auburn fandom late in life. Um, I grew up, unfortunately, a fan of that other school that we will not talk about. So I was not here for all of the Auburn great things. However, all of my favorite Auburn memories involve Pat Dye. Pat was always a huge supporter of Auburn nursing, and as a graduate of the Auburn Nursing School, He touched my heart. Um, He always did the blue jean ball every fall, which was a moneymaker for the Auburn School of Nursing. Um, That brought us, you know, funds to have the equipment that we needed to become great nurses out in the world. Um, So that personally has just greatly impacted my life and my life as a nurse from Auburn. Um, Of course, my other favorite things about Pat were that my favorite Auburn players either played for him or played on the field named after him. Um, You know, of course, we all know Bo Jackson and we love Bo Jackson and we love Pat Dye Field. There's nothing greater about that. Um, And as like I said, as a late Auburn fan, I didn't realize that the field wasn't named after him until 2005. So because for my whole time that I've been an Auburn fan, it's been Pat Dye Field. So I think for us and for me personally, all of the great things about Auburn involve Pat. So while the Auburn family is really hurting right now, we can rest easy and know that our memories are not gone and Pat lives on forever. So War Eagle Coach Die will miss you. War Eagle, everyone. Dallas Ham here, host of ETC Network's Boom Tracker. I just wanted to take a brief moment to share a sentiment regarding the passing of our beloved coach, Pat Dye. Coach Dye was a man of immense integrity, character, and a great leader of young men. His loveliness and leadership carried over into these later years of his life, where he continued to mold and mentor the young men who came into Auburn's football program. His immense love for Auburn University has left a legacy that will last a lifetime, and his examples set the precedence for what a true Auburn man looks like. I'd love to leave everyone with this. Auburn dads and moms, teach your kids about Coach Pat Dye. Teach them about the man who came to Auburn after having played at the University of Georgia and coaching under Bear Bryant at the University of Alabama. In his own words, I played at Georgia. I coached at Alabama. I know how to beat both of them. Teach your kids about the man who restored Auburn back to national prominence after so many years of being less than average. Teach them about his character and the way that he demanded excellence of the young men that he coached on the field because he didn't believe in miracles. He believed in character. Teach them about how he treated everyone with love and respect, regardless of skin color. How he treated all of those young men like they were his sons. Teach them about how he loved them, and most of all, how he loved Auburn. Teach your kids about his sense of humor, and how he took jabs from the best, yet threw them right back, as he told Coach Bryant, Before you start hugging me, you ought to know that my boys are fixing to get after y'all's ass. Teach them about his relationship with Bo Jackson and how it didn't take much convincing to get Bo to come to Auburn. Teach them about his love for Reggie Slack and how special that 1989 team was. Heck, teach them about how special all those teams in the 80s were. But most importantly, teach them about how Auburn just wouldn't be Auburn 
without one Patrick Fain die. War Eagle. What's going on, Auburn family? This is uh, Jared Davis, and I just wanted to share my uh, favorite Pat die moment. Um, honestly, the uh, the one that gets me almost choked up with pride every time is the video that uh, he did um, after the 1989 Iron Bowl, where he you know talks about them wrestling with them. And, uh, that just that just gets me going with pride every time. Um, but as far as uh, the overall experience, I was actually at the 1989 Iron Bowl, which we all know Pat and I made that happen. Uh, first Iron Bowl ever to be played in Auburn. And I was a young kid, and I had never experienced anything like that. I remember to this day, uh, everybody stood the entire game. Um, and being a part of that, I was an Auburn fan my whole life, but being a part of that just took it to a whole new level. Um and never been the same since. So that moment there, uh, which was pretty much all Pat Dye's doings, um, really just changed me as an Auburn fan. It changed Auburn. Um, and uh, the video in the locker room afterwards will, will be played many, many times over the next few days. And it'll be played, honestly, forever. And uh, the speech he gave was um, kind of getting me choked up just talking about it right now. So uh, you will be missed, Coach. Uh, thank you for everything you did for uh, Auburn and the players on and off the field. And um, you'll be missed, War Eagle. War Eagle, everyone. This is Josh Dowdy. I feel like I have a connection to Pat Dye that I know many of you will understand because the 1980s was the decade when I was falling in love with Auburn football. And Coach Dye was not just the face of the program, he was the personality of the program. I always loved hearing him talk through the highlights on the Auburn Football Review because you could hear how he appreciated the way that the Auburn people cared about the football program. And he was always pointing out the guy who was making the block. He was always pointing out the guy uh, who was a second team or third team player who had worked to earn that playing time. And that's consistent with what we saw from Coach Dye in his later career as an Auburn ambassador after his coaching career. It was always clear that he understood that the Auburn program was so much bigger than any one person, even given the leadership that he had provided and given what he had meant to the program. Coach Dye had the vision for what football Saturdays at Auburn could be, and he initiated things like adding the second upper deck to Jordan-Hare Stadium, and he provided that leadership at a time when Auburn was not selling out the stadium, but Pat Dye had the vision for where Auburn football could go. So I think about the Auburn family, I think about what it means to me, I think about Everything that the Auburn experience has meant for me, and Coach Dye is such a big part of that for me, and I know for you and for so many people. And so we're thankful for everything that Coach Dye has contributed, and we pray God's comfort for those who were closest to him, for those who really knew 
the man behind the legend. We pray God's comfort for them at this time. And also, we look forward uh, to the coming days as we continue to celebrate the accomplishments and the legacy of Pat Dye. War Eagle. Hi, this is Auburn Elvis. So when I think about uh, Pat Dye and what he meant to Auburn, um, I remember growing up in the 70s, uh, Auburn was not competitive with Alabama at all in football. And when Pat Dye uh, arrived at Auburn, that all changed. In the 81 season, that was actually the year that Bear Bryant um, uh, topped Alonzo Stagg's uh, all-time wins record, and he did it against Auburn in 81. But in that game, Auburn played Alabama and could have won that game. Alabama had a lot of turnovers that Auburn did not capitalize on, and Auburn was actually winning in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then Alabama came back and ended up winning, and of course, Bear won the record. But Auburn was completely overmatched, a 5-5 five and five team, but they still hung tough with Alabama, who, after that game, I think they ended up being uh, ranked third or something, so... I mean, you look at where, say, Tennessee is right now against Alabama. I mean, they haven't been competitive in over a decade with Alabama. Well, that's where Auburn was at that time when Pat Dye came to Auburn. So he took a team that was essentially not competitive and in that first year made them competitive. And then, of course, in the second year, with the help of a freshman running back uh, named Bo Jackson, uh, we beat Alabama. And then, you know, at that point, you could tell Auburn was as good as the top programs. They were going to be a football power, and it was all because of Pat Dye. Really, modern Auburn football begins at the point when Pat Dye arrives. This expectation that Auburn fans have nowadays that we should be competing for championships every year, that was established under Pat Dye, and Auburn was not that kind of football team before he got here, um, but he took it seriously. He uh, made it his whole life, and uh, that was really what we were looking for. Um, we needed someone to come in and establish that we were going to make this a priority and we were going to get the job done. So that, to me, is what I remember about Pat Dye, is just how transformational he was to Auburn football. I'm Auburn Elvis, War Eagle coach. I moved to Auburn, Alabama when Coach Barfield was the head coach for football. So I got to see the whole hiring process of Coach Pat Dye. I then got to see how he systematically changed the athletic department to how he wanted it to be for the better. Um, he fought for many improvements in the athletic department as well as for Jordan-Hare Stadium and improvements on what is now known as Pat Dye Field, and I think it is appropriately named after him for what he did for it. The entire athletic department was on, I think, the second floor of the Coliseum at the time, so everybody in the athletic department saw each other daily, and everybody knew everybody. We knew everybody knew each other's families, um, and everybody got to work together closely. Coach Dye was the football co head football coach when my dad was the head basketball coach. They were very supportive of one another and got along great. Uh, then Coach Dye became the athletic director, too. They continued to have a great relationship. 
Coach Dye uh, was even known to help with some basketball recruiting, uh, especially if players were from his hometown or other places that he had lived and coached. He was uh, always willing to talk to that um, athlete to try to persuade him to come to Auburn. Um, Coach Dye treated everyone in the athletic department just like they were family, just like they were a member of his own family. Uh, For example, he took the entire athletic department, no matter what your sport was, uh, to the New Orleans, to the Sugar Bowl to cheer on our Tigers and any other bowl game that he had. Everyone was included. Another example of how he treated everybody's family is um, he would come over to our house after basketball games. There were always several members of the press and Auburn basketball boosters there typically because my dad had such a good relationship with the sports writers. But Coach Dye would always come, especially if we beat Alabama or Georgia. I recently shared a picture on social media that shows um, him congratulating my dad and uh, with a Coke in his hand, both of them, both of them happy. It's an awesome picture if you get a chance to see it. It's it's also uh, been in several of the old Auburn basketball media guides. Another example, and it's more of a personal note that shows how he treated everyone like family. He established uh, the Pat Dye Dependent Scholarship Program when he was there as a coach and athletic director, period. So any dependent in the athletic department at the time was eligible for that scholarship. Uh, Thank goodness I was eligible. That scholarship completely paid my undergraduate degree at Auburn University. It was such a blessing to us. Back then, coaches did not make the millions of dollars that they do now, not in their salary, not in shoe contracts or TV or radio shows. Um, They were paid nothing like they are today. So that was an awesome thing for my family, me and my brother. Uh, And I've never forgotten that generosity and kindness, and neither has my family. Um, I'm very glad that Dad and Coach Di got to see each other so often again now, both of them in their 70s and 80s. and so it was good for them to get together again after uh, coaching and working together for so many of those years. Uh, we realized they still have a lot in common other than coaching at the same university. Uh, they had both coached the best athletes in the country at the time. They both kept in touch with all of their athletes and assistant coaches. And they each consider their players family to this day. He is going to be missed. Uh, he was a tremendous member of the Auburn family that had left such an indelible mark on the university, the athletic department, the um, facilities, Jordan-Hare Stadium, um, now his farm, his radio show. He was a legend. Hello, I'm War Eagle. This is uh, Austin Scott, uh, featured writer for the E2C Network and occasional podcast guest. Uh, like uh, the rest of the Auburn family, I just wanted to extend my condolences to Coach Dye and his family and um, tell a couple um, stories I have about him and his memory um, in honor in honor of him. So um, I, I grew up a big Auburn fan think, in large part thanks to my dad. Um, he, he went to Auburn during um, the 
early eighties. And, um, I just remember him always telling me when he was teaching me about the history of Auburn and Auburn football and telling me about all these stories he had and what kind of got him to um, become really go to Auburn and become a part of the Auburn family. And so much of it had to do with the, such large characters like Bo Jackson and um, Randy Campbell and, um, and coach die was always, um, a, a big part of that. And the way all these stories made him out to be was he was such this, such a larger than life individual, um, that, um, a lot of us didn't get to see and, um, but like sounded like this superhero. Um, and, and it's so ironic that that is not at all how those closest to him would describe him. Um, just a humble man and a man of the people. Um, I think in a time where there was coach Bear Bryant and, um, Vince Dooley, who were just these huge celebrated people, uh, coach Pat Dye kind of resembled the Auburn people, the blue collar, hardworking type. Um, and that's, that's how, um, my dad always, um, described Auburn to me. And, um, obviously our, our Auburn creed speaks about work and hard work. And it just sounded so much like coach Dye, um, resembled that in his program. And as he led the athletic department, uh, I only have one uh, interaction with Coach Dye, and I shared it on my social media platforms. But um, when I was a student, uh, a, f- a family friend of ours, um, we had give we were giving their son um, one of our tickets to the Iron Bowl uh, in 2015. Uh, it was my sophomore year, uh, and I'm I'm they were tailgating up at uh, where the College of Agriculture. Uh, Heritage Park is, and I'm, I'm running up there, you know, before everything on game day is really too crazy, before Tiger Walk, before I have to be in the stadium, and um, Coach Dye is, uh, or I'm, I'm, wa- I'm running down Donahue um, to get up there so I can get back um, and get in line, and uh, I, I'm, I'm running, and I just pass by, and I think I, I think I just saw Coach Pat Dye, but I was like, there's no way he's walking down Donahue at, you know, 10 or 11 in the morning before on the day of the Iron Bowl. And I'm sure enough, I did a 180 and it was him. Uh, and I just wanted to shake his hand and, um, you know, be able to tell this huge character I've always heard of, War Eagle from, from myself and, um, not take too much of his time, but just, um, tell him War Eagle. And so I, um, I did and he graciously shook my hand and, um, and I just remember, walking away and thinking, why did, why did I not ask for a picture? And why that was so dumb. Um, but it just didn't feel right. Cause he wasn't with any security. He wasn't, um, you know, being harassed by anyone else <laughs> except me, but he, you know, he, he was just walking around. Um, and as if he didn't have a, such a huge imprint on Auburn football and Auburn athletics. And, um, I've always thought that that was, um, really great narrative to, um, remember him by. Um, and I'm glad that was my only interaction with him where the, you know, the only words we, we spoke were a hello, war eagle and a handshake. So, um, coach die, you'll be missed. And, uh, I'm certainly praying for his family and those closest to him during this time, uh, war eagle. And thank you, coach Pat. I hope that you've enjoyed hearing from your fellow Auburn family members as we memorialize the life of Patrick Fane die. A beloved head coach, a father, a friend, an Auburn man. 
To close out tonight, I would like to share why Pat Dye is so important to me. And unfortunately, I don't have the story to share with you that I got to meet Pat Dye. I wish I had. You know, I'd say you don't live life with regrets, but this is one that I'll look back on and ask the question, what if? And it's not so much, uh, yes, losing Pat Dye is, is a tragedy, but it's what losing Pat Dye means for me. Pat Dye was the coach, the legend that I was learning about from my father growing up as my Auburn fandom, my Auburn identity was being developed. Yes, I heard the stories of Suge, and I could go on and on about how awesome he is, but it was different with the two of them. Suge was this unattainable monster of a concept for what it meant to be an Auburn family member that I'd never meet, but there was always that chance that I could stand in the footsteps or the shadow of Pat Dye. That shadow is now gone in its physical sense and in a way, the, a small connection to my father. And I know that Pat Dye being gone doesn't do anything to diminish that special relationship that I had with my father, but there is that just connection that just feels tonight a little bit frayed. So Pat Dye was one of those things that connected my late father and I. But I looked at Pat Dye for more reasons than just the connection with my father. I look at it for his significance to what Auburn is now. And one way to maybe express that is this, and I'm not going to do justice to the former head coaches of Auburn that I'm going to mention and those that I'm not, and I'm probably going to phrase some things in ways that maybe maybe don't make sense, but to me they do, and this is how I want to express them. Looking back at the history, obviously George Petrie gave us our beginning. Skipping ahead to Mike Donahue, I would say he gave us our legitimacy. I would credit Shook Jordan with giving us our identity. I would skip ahead, way ahead, to Tommy Tuberville and credit him with making us fearless. You probably could say the same for Pat Dye, but when I reverse back and go to Pat, he made Auburn believe. He made Auburn believe in many things. He made them believe that they could win, that they didn't have to be afraid, that they hadn't disappeared off the face of the earth, that they were legitimate that their story was valid, that they were loved. And yes, of course, he made an individual believe that he could go over the top and beat the tide. For those reasons, yes, I love and believe in Auburn, but I love and believe in Pat Dye because he believed in us. He could have gone anywhere. He had ties to Alabama, to Georgia. He could have stayed at East Carolina or Wyoming or gone somewhere else. He probably could have gone eventually anywhere in the SEC, but he chose us, and we chose him back. I don't think there will ever be a relationship with a coach the way there was with Pat Dye. In some ways, that's sad, but in others, it makes it all the more special. So Pat Dye, if you were here, I would tell you that we love you. I would tell you that we miss you. I would tell you that in some ways it's hard to imagine life without you. But just like you prepared your young men on the field of battle for the day when they wouldn't have you anymore, whatever that mean in this life or just in their respective arena, you prepared Auburn for the day where you wouldn't be there physically. But we all know you're still here. So tonight I would like to close with this, referencing some of his greatest quotes to wrap up, I think, all of our thoughts on this subject tonight. 
there's going to be a lot of tough days ahead without you, Pat Dye. But in those moments, we'll look back to events like a January the 2nd night in New Orleans, gain a little strength from it, and it'll help us down the road. We'll know during those tough times without you that sometimes it'll feel like we laid our guts on the line and came away empty-handed again and again and again. But all you can do is go back and lay them on the line again and again and again because that's what you taught us to do. And I think tonight, even though we tried our best to describe the way we feel about Pat Dye, in some ways we'll never truly be able to explain it because, Pat, we just ain't that smart enough to tell you how we really feel about you. And ultimately, your greatest lesson you taught us is not one that reflects on the battlefield, but reflects even stronger on the battlefield of life. And that is the way we treat each other. And while this quote is maybe a little out of context, I think he'd be okay with the usage of it in this. His greatest lesson would be this, in terms of teaching us how to love each other. It doesn't make any difference, just as long as he's got a blue jersey on. With the support of the Auburn people, the alumni, the former players, the student body, the faculty, the administration, that we will be able to bring this great football tradition back to what it once was, and we're looking forward to this challenge with great anticipation, a lot of enthusiasm, and realizing fully that it's going to take a lot of hard work, but uh, we will get the job done in the end. Give the ball up and over, and he is out of the What I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you, the ones that want to, I'm going to go back out there and thank our people. There's going to be a lot of days when you lay your guts on the line and you come away empty-handed. Ain't a damn thing you can do about it but go back and lay them on the line again. Get the game ball. Sugar! What you did and the way you did it is what's so important. And men, you're going to be in a lot of tough battles next year, year after year after year. Individual battles with yourself. You won't have teammates with you. You just look back and think about that January the second night in New Orleans. Gain a little strength from it. It'll hit you down the road. But it's no small thing when you play football in this conference and have to go into all of the places that you have to go into to play. It's going to take everybody in here. But I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't swap this year for any year that I've been at all. I wouldn't swap it, men, because I've watched you struggle, and I, but I watched you grow up and become men. I watched you become men. This one you'll remember a lifetime. You can put this one back and tell your grandchildren about it when you're old man and gray. It's fun to lean in.